Hey, so this is the last of our obedience series. Does anyone want to throw out what they think could or we might be speaking about obedience, a particular subject within obedience, something that we are called by God to be obedient to? Any ideas? Prayer, that's a good one. Yeah, obeying the children, obeying parents. <laughs> Anyone else? To serve, yeah, that's pretty close to where we're going today. Anything else? Cool. Okay, there's a lot of things, and there's a lot of things we could and do uh, cover. Um, we talked about a lot of those things over obedience, loving one another, connecting with God, intimacy with God. We talked about prayer and those sorts of things there. What we're going to talk about today... Uh, so yeah, we've done that. What we're going to talk about today is generosity. Now, when I say let's, we're going to talk about generosity, oh, I need some uh, circle of trust here who's open. Put your hands up if you immediately thought, ah, Dre's going to talk about money. Anyone? Cool. Okay, a few of you. Well done. Thank you for being honest. What does generosity mean? Um, I am going to talk about money a little bit. Uh, it's going to be a third of one of the things that I'm, uh, three things I'm going to be talking about. So generosity, what does it mean? It's a willingness to give help or support, especially more than is usual or expected. It goes above and beyond. Generosity is something outside of what's normal or what is expected. Now, I'm going to talk for a second, just put this down. Um, you know, as, as a pastor, there will be times where I do, you know, just, just a sermon that's really encouraging. And sometimes a sermon that's very exegetical, really pulling apart the little bits and pieces. And occasionally, I'll do a sermon that's a bit of a challenge and a little bit of a push. Now, here's the thing. Um, I heard it through someone a wee while ago. Someone um, said, oh, I love Cornerstone. It's great. But they're always kind of requiring you to, to stretch and to, and to try and change and, and, and trying to move. And I don't like that. And I was like going to apologize. And then I went growing, changing, moving. Ooh, I'm not going to apologize for those. <laughs> because... I think that is what's required of us. Who knows what our fifth cornerstone is? You know, our five columns. Who remembers what our fifth one, our, our last one is? Someone growing, right? Okay, so that is a part of what we're doing. Um, so, occasionally, I might actually give a little push, a gentle, loving little push. <laughs> oh, I almost pulled a hammy there. <laughs> but please hear my heart that it is only to see you reach and to walk in what God has asked you to walk in. Okay, that is my heart. That is not my heart to achieve anything else. So if you're feeling like, oh, I don't know why you do that when you're offended. Turn into a horse. Um, but if you're going, oh, that, that, that not offended me, but that pushed a button. Good. With love. Okay. But what I want to do, so I am going to push us a little bit around generosity because I really felt something on my heart this week around generosity. God's saying, the world will change when Christians believe what the Bible says, walk in obedience with many things, but one of the keys is generosity. And I'm going to unpack why in a moment, but I really felt like God's saying, I've said this before, I really do feel like Selwyn, like Rolleston, 
like your families will change when we become a nation of people, a community, a movement of people that understand that we are called to be generous. I'm not just talking money. So, but with that, my caveat is this. Some of us, I would estimate maybe 10% of people here today, you are in a season, you might be in a season of recovery, a season of rest. This is like God mandated, you need to take three months and just relax. Um, You might be in a season of just timing and getting things sorted, um, healing, or my last one is relational equity. What I mean by that is as I talk about generosity, I'm going to talk about three things. You've guessed it. One of them is money. But if you fall into that category, say you've come from another church and you've been burnt out or you've been really broken, your marriage is broken down, I'm not saying here, hey, you need to be generous with your finances and you need to be generous with this and you need to do more, do more, do more. That ain't what I'm saying. Because I do believe that there's a portion of people who are in those seasons. And for you guys, what I want you to do is just take some notes and remember for the future. Okay, when you feel like God has given you that time. Here's the thing though. I I prayed about this and I said, God, I feel like I should give a figure. And he said 10%. And I was like, oh, is it that low? Then, this is where I felt like the Holy Spirit say, it is that low. But there's probably another 30% that say, I'm in a season of healing. Because 11 years ago, someone said this, and it hurt me. And so that's why I can't be generous. Here's my first little push. Maybe today, God might be pushing and saying, hey, time. You might be out of this season and you're actually requiring to, 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 to serve, to spend time, to be generous outside of yourself, to do more than what is normal that thing about generosity. But for those, I want you to understand. Do you understand my heart there? Some of you don't. (laughs) The rest of us, let's listen in, see what God has to say. Time is the first one. If you're taking notes, time, talent, and money. These are three really clear areas that I believe that we can be generous and should be generous as Christians. Time, talent, and money and other areas as well. If I had to put a fourth, I'd put like forgiveness or grace because I don't know if they necessarily fall within that category. But time, talent, and money. Here's the thing. What I'm going to talk about today is not necessarily between you and your relationship with God, though I will refer to that a couple of times. I'm talking about not your generosity with God necessarily, but the way that you are generous to the world and in the world though I will refer to that a couple of times. I'm going to, so I can't talk about us being obedient to generosity without talking about a command for generosity, correct? I can't say, oh, well, you've got to be generous and not say to you why you have to be generous. So here's some Bible verses, some quick ones. Uh, Proverbs 11, uh, whoever brings blessing will be enriched. Uh, You'll know this one, many of you. Uh, Luke 6, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Uh, Put on your lap, for with the measure you see, it will be measured back to you. When you're reading these verses, don't just assume money. Some of them are explicitly talking about finances, but think, time. How are you generous with your time, your talent, and money? You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Whatever you give, it's acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have and not what you don't have. 
I command them to be good, to be rich, to be good deeds and to be generous and be willing to share. And do not forget to do good and to share with others for such sacrifice as God is pleased. Hebrews 13. That is just some of the New Testament commands to be generous. There are many, 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 many more in the New and in the Old Testament. We are biblically mandated to do more than the, the normal, especially with our time, our talent, and our finances. Here's the thing. First John 3, 17. Listen closely. I'm going to try and connect a couple of points here. John is saying, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? So the author, John, is saying, how can you be loving and not be generous? Did you hear that? How can you be loving and not be generous? John continues the thought, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Let me ask you a question. Could you be loving without being generous? Remembering that generous is doing above the status quo. So say, for example, um, I'm a husband. I am. But with my wife, Hannah, if I want to be loving, and there's many ways I can be loving, but one of the ways is I can be like words of affirmation and encouraging and saying how I feel, right? So what is outside of the normal for me to show loving? It would be to say it more regularly, to to say it very clearly, say, man, I, I really love this about you. I love what you do in my life. I think you're amazing in these areas. So that requires something outside of the normal, right? which is loving, showing, hey, I love you, I love you, I love you, which in reality is generosity. It's going above and beyond. So here's the thing. Love looks a lot like generosity. You cannot be, gener- you cannot be loving without generous to some degree. If you want to love someone and they're in a bad financial situation, it will require of you something outside of what you'd normally do. It requires you to be generous. John MacArthur says this, Generosity is impossible apart from the love of God and His people. But with such love, generosity is not only possible, but it's inevitable. Love and generosity go hand in hand. So when I had this thought, I will unpack it later. But if you have ever been like me, where you've struggled When the Bible says you need to love one another or love as you love me and people will know who you are based on the love you have for them. Can anyone be honest? Maybe you've had a really rubbish parent or you've had a rubbish upbringing and you haven't had what it's modeled to look like to be really loving. Who struggles with that and go, I don't, okay, I get conceptually that I need to love, but I don't always understand what it looks like. Anyone else? Just me. Don't always understand what it looks like. Here's a really clear tip for you, so write this down. It initially, or can do, look like generosity. So if you want a how-to, if you're an engineer sitting here, go, right, okay, I understand what the problem is. How do I achieve this problem? Or how do I achieve the solution to it? It looks like generosity. If you want to love people, at least think of a car, and we're heading towards love. I would say that generosity is the engine. It's what drives and it's what motivates 
So if you love someone, think about, go, okay, well, how do I show? I've never had it modeled. I don't know. Sometimes I'm not good at telling people I love them. Be generous in your words, in your time, in your talent, and in your finances. Maybe in your money. Maybe you buy them something. Maybe you go, no, I'm going to, every Friday night, we're going to do this. Facts about generosity. Um, So feel free to write these down. It's biblically mandated to be generous, as we've already seen. There's a whole bunch of verses there. We are meant to, to be generous. Second one is our generosity reflects God's generosity. <laughs> this over here didn't happen without God being generous. Right? <laughs> Did we deserve this? Did he go outside of the norm to achieve the redemptive acts on the Christ? Absolutely he did. Our God is a generous God. And so we reflect him. A verse on that, John 13, a new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. And also that you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Our generosity reflects God's generosity. Andy Stanley says this, God's extravagant generosity towards us compels us to be extravagantly generous towards others. When we are generous, we look a little like God. We're acting like God. We are reflections of Him. We are light in the darkness. We are salt. We're a city on a hill. We're a discernible difference. This is a really practical tip. Your workplace, just be generous. Time, talent, money. Just keep telling yourself, what's my talent? I'm a really good listener. Okay, I'll listen to that person. I'll I'll give that person some time. I'll shout that person a donut. You can shout me a donut anytime. We must choose to be generous. I don't know about you, but I don't always wake up and put on generosity and go, right, I'm going to be generous today. It doesn't always happen. The Bible says, remember, love and generosity are interlinked. Colossians 3.14, and over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. We must choose to be generous. Now, here's an interesting thing. I believe that everybody has gifts, skills, and talents. We're going to talk about those in a second. But even in these sorts of things, people have talents. People are wired differently. I'm reasonably generous. But even if I look at my children and I can see, oh, that one's got a gift of generosity. This one has a gift of leadership. This one has a gift of driving Hannah and I crazy, the little one. (laughs) I don't know. No, she's got lots of awesome things. Sometimes I just need you to remind me what the gifting on our two-year-old's life at the moment is. She's great. (laughs) The other day, um, we were in the mall and um, we were walking around. We'd just gone to a movie, Spirit, Spirit 2, the horsey one which about seven times, Hannah and I looked over each other and did this. <laughs> um, but uh, the kids loved it. So we come out of the movie theater, and um, if you don't know, I'm a little bit of a car guy, okay? So, uh, you know, by the movie theaters, they've often got, like, new cars that are just conveniently parked there with brochures and things. And I'm like, oh, Hannah, oh, you can go up there. I'll just hang out here. And she's like, yeah, you can go look at the car. And I was like, okay. So I went and had a look at this truck, this Great Wall Ute, which is actually really awesome. It's got a five-star NCAP uh, rating, and it's got really good reviews. Anyway, I was walking around looking at it, and I grabbed a brochure. And actually, Hannah grabbed a brochure because I convinced her afterwards. I was like, come on, come look at this truck, babe. It's awesome. Look at it. Oh, it's really, really cool. And because she's generous with her time, she was like, oh, it is cool. Oh, it's white. Look at that. It's got four tires. I don't know why she talks like this when I'm talking about her. Okay. 
she doesn't talk like that. Um, and so we're looking at this, this vehicle, and then we go get some um, healthy <coughs> food from the mall. And, um, and we're sitting there, and I have this brochure, and um, I said to Isaac, who's got a massive gift of leadership on his life. I think he's got a prophetic gift. He's got lots of things. But I do think at this stage, a, growing, a growth area for him might be generosity. Okay, let's put it that way. And so I said to my boys, my sons, I said, hey, I've got a question for you. Imagine someone comes up, and they were stoked to have sushi like super stoked, and they were like, oh, we're so looking forward to sushi, and I said, hey, um, Isaac and Luca, if someone came up to you and said, you could have sushi for lunch, or I will buy your dad this brand new ute, but you don't get sushi, what would you do? And Luca's like, dad, you could get the ute, I won't have sushi, I have a sandwich at home, and I was like, oh, and Isaac's like, I'm getting sushi, which was awesome. And, I, and Hannah was like, oh, no, you don't understand the question. And then really clearly outlined it. And he's like, no, I'm still getting sushi. I was like, this is so awesome. My point is, is that we have different gifts. Um, and um, Luca only had one piece of sushi so that I could save my money to buy a truck. <laughs> what a cutie. Um, so anyway, that was really cute. <clears throat> we all have a gift. Maybe your gift is generosity. We have to choose to be generous. We've got to put that on. Generosity is attractive. It's attractive, not in the, hey, how are you doing? But <laughs> I hope, to, I did that to Bryce. Sorry, Bryce. <laughs> He's like, whoa, I'm feeling really uncomfortable right now. But um, generosity is attractive. It's kind of like uh, a candle in a dark night. It brings comfort, joy. Everyone sees it and its impact on the world. Generosity stands out. In a world that's focused on you, me, and everything that's about me and my gain, Generosity stands out. It's attractive. How to be loving? Step one, be generous. That's only one step. Generosity is attractive. How to be loving? Just be generous. Start there. Generous in your prayer time for them. Generous in your time and your talents and maybe your money too. Generosity costs. I cannot stand up here and say that generosity, living a life of generous giving because I reflect my God who is generous doesn't cost me. The redemptive acts of Christ might not cost you. They're free. But living as a true disciple of Jesus, you talk to someone who's been a Christian 20 plus years, they're going to tell you, mate, I've had to make some sacrifices. I've had to make some decisions and some calls that were hard ones uh, and it cost me. We've been there. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods, and they shared with everyone who was in need. Um, I remember, I think I shared this story not too long ago, but when I, we lost our eyesight, we, it was us, essentially, but when I lost my eyesight, and we were 100, do you remember how much it was, Hannah? 170? I think it was. It was we were $170 down a week from what we were earning. Hannah was on maternity leave, so that couldn't change. Um, and then I lost my eyesight and had to go on the sickness benefit. And a friend of ours, same age as us, came up to us from church. Oh, they were friends, yeah, but like we knew them from church. And they came up and said, how short are you each week? And we said, oh, like 170 bucks. And do you know, for almost, how many months was it? Ten months every week, they put $170 in our bank account. Young couple, younger than us, didn't own a house costs you, man. And so I'd go up to him every Sunday, I'm like, oh man, I'm so, I'm so oh, thank you. Oh, I've got nappies on my child today because of you. 
And he was like, bro, don't keep, stop saying that. He's like, we, we do this because we're called to be generous. It's going to cost you. <laughs> Generosity is a muscle. Use it, stretch it, and it will grow, and it will give you strength. It builds a confidence in you to see that God will supply. And here's the thing. I could talk a whole sermon about how as you stretch out and you push out in generosity, God's going to give you back, right? That's a biblical principle, but I'm not going to talk about that today. I just want to say it's what God tells us to do, so let's do it. And not worry about the selfish, well, not selfish, but the other flip side of that, which some people <laughs> selfishly can interpret it incorrectly. Generosity is love in action. First John 3.18, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. That's the last one. So there's some facts there. Uh, Mother Teresa said, Prayer in action is love. Love in action is service. All right, I'm going to unpack these three things really quickly. Time. Everybody say time. You are given time. Use your time wisely. Now, I cannot stand here today and say, I am the perfect example of using your time wisely. Because I'll spend hours watching YouTube videos on koi fish or cars or tractors from the first century. I don't know. But <laughs> tractors from the first... Okay, anyway. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'll, I'm, I, I, you know, I don't use my time perfectly. So this is a challenge to me. How can I use my time better? You know, Hannah and I... Um, the first three years, we would have people over every single week, maybe several times a week. But in the season that we've been in, we've had some external issues uh, sort of within the family kind of framework outside of our direct family, but we've had some issues. We've had things pop up. Um, we've you know, built a new house. We've got a toddler that's just a blessing from God uh, around perseverance and patience. We love her. She's great. She's actually awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love her. But we've had to go through a season where we pulled back a little bit and we didn't really have a whole lot of people at home. It's not because we don't love people, but we just needed to look after our family unit. And I think we're sort of coming out of that tail end of that season. So use your time wisely. Um, with God, maybe in service, and with people potentially. How are you using your time wisely? Do you honor God with your time? Ooh. Maybe an easier one to answer. Do you serve people with your time? We are called to love. Love and generosity look like the same thing. You know, um, in my decade, my 10 or so years, 10, 11 years of senior leadership in churches, do you know I've only ever once heard anything similar to this statement? It was this lovely lady who's still friends with us now. Her name's Esther from my old church, and I sat down with her at a new person's lunch at our old church, and I said, so what are you looking for in a church? And she said, well, obviously, you know, a safe place, obviously a place that loves God, all of those normal things. But she said, a place where I can serve God and serve his people. That was her first thing. And it kind of blew me out of the water, and I've never actually seen it or heard it since. That was their first thing. It wasn't, I need this, or I need this, or I need that. They said, look, assuming that it's a good Christian church, my first thing is that I want to be a, see a place where I can serve, where I can put my time into people and see people love and met and their needs met by Jesus. It really blew me out of the water. It really did. Because I hadn't seen it up until that point and I hadn't seen it since. How are you honoring people? How are you honoring God with 
your time. Now, there might be people here who go, look, I don't have any money, or I don't have any talent. Time with your neighbor over the fence, time teaching a high schooler how to drive because their parents have got a bald spot on one side. Is that pulling out the hair? How are you honoring God with your time? Is there stuff that you could be doing? Now, remember, you might be in a season, but for everybody else, it doesn't have to be in ministry either. That would be great. We've got a whole list of things that you could serve in. If you want uh, any questions around what you could serve in, go see the info kiosk. (laughs) But I'm talking in general. Talent. This is a really big one. Matthew 25, 14 to 30. Feel free to go to it if you'd like in your Bibles. But this is where Jesus is talking about the parable of the talent. And Jesus tells this interesting story where he says there was a man, a rich man, And a master who went to his employees, his servants, and said, I'm going away, and here's a talent of gold. Now, a talent of gold wasn't a little thing like this. It was, it weighed heaps. I think I read somewhere it was like seven kilograms of gold or something like that. It was a huge amount. It was the equivalent, in 2017 when I read, uh, when this article was published, 16 years worth of employment, one talent. So you're giving guy five talents. Um, that's a lot of money that you're, you're giving him. And the master said, I, I will give five talents to this person. He said, in, in their level of skill, he said, hey, you've, you know, you've proven or you've got experience. I'm going to give you five talents. You, I'm going to give two. And you over here, I'm going to give you one. I'm going to come back, invest it. Do so wisely. He comes back and he says to the guy with the five, and he says, how, how have you done? And he said, I've doubled your money master. I've diligently stretched and I pushed out and I worked hard and it was uncomfortable, but I made, I I worked hard with the skills and with what you gave me. With what you gave me, I worked hard and I honored you and there was a twofold. Well, it was a doubling, sorry. The second one, he said, what about you? He said, well, I doubled as well. You gave me two, here's four. Awesome. Went to the third one, if you know the story, and he said, what about you? And he said, well, I Master, I know that you're a hard man and that you, you reap a lot and where you don't even sow and, and you make a lot of money and I, I was a bit afraid. And I didn't want to step out and I didn't want to lose your money. I didn't want to lose the talent you gave me. So I just stayed in my seat. I mean, stayed and, and, and didn't stretch out and push myself. I stayed and I've got it and I didn't lose it. I didn't make a mistake. I didn't make a mistake. How many parents know you'd rather your kids step out something positive, make a mistake, than not step out in the first place? And he says, depart from me, you wicked evildoer. So it got real deep, real, real. But I meet people all the time. Not just here, but in other spaces where I'm like, I've got a bit of an eye for it. I don't know whether it's discernment, but this is the way God speaks to me. I see leadership on people. I see the potential and I go, I'm like, beep, 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 beep. I wasn't pointing at anyone in particular. Maybe I was pointing at you, Will. Let's just say I was. <clears throat> and I go, beep, 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 beep. And no, I won't pick on Will here, but, you know, and I'll talk to a person and I'll just be like, man, yeah, tell me your story. And they're like, oh, da, 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 da. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm working in a leadership role in my workplace, but that's enough for me. I don't, nah, I'm not interested in doing anything in church or anything like that because this is, this is enough. And I go, cool, you know. Don't lead in church then, that's fine. But what about like leading for God 
uh, and leading the way to God. Oh, no, 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 like, this is just what I do. Or people I hear that have got amazing singing voices and I go, oh man, that's awesome. You're really good at that. Have you ever thought about joining the worship team? No, 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 no. I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to stretch out. I don't want to push. I'll just sit here. Thank you very much. And I get it. I understand. But I don't think that's what God has asked us to do. I think God has asked us to to be good stewards. I've got a statement here, which um, is an interesting one. When you aren't active in your talent, you can weaken the true strength of the collective talents around you. What that I'm saying is Paul says that we're a body of Christ. And so when you come and you serve in the body of Christ as another little toe, my father-in-law tells a great story of a mate of his that chopped, what toe was it off? His pinky? He chopped a toe off by accident. They were playing with machetes. What did they think was going to happen? Anyway, <clears throat> that threw him off. You know, he had to learn how to balance again when you miss your little toe. And so I don't think that you ruin church or anything like that. I just think that where there is a strong strength could even be a greater strength when two people come together. So what I'm saying here is perhaps for some of us, we're weakening the greater good by not using the gifts and skills that God has given us. For example, I don't want to take too long, but um, he's not here today, so I'm going to speak about him, Lyndon. Um, you know, on the, in the natural, you could look at him, I think when he came to Cornerstone, he might have been 53, 52, 53, around about that, three years ago. And at the face value, you would go, well, he's 53, he's got a whole bunch of grandkids, he's got a busy life, he's been serving for years, just put him out to pasture. He doesn't want to get ordained. He's a busy farmer. Now, I could see something on him, and I just went, no, no, I can see it on you. And do you know what he didn't do? <laughs> Is he, didn't, he had every reason that he could have pulled back. Him and Kath had every reason they could have said, ah, oh, look, we just want to chill. Just put us in the back pasture. We're okay. But they were obedient and faithful to God's calling and stepped up. He got ordained at the start of was it last year. Whew, COVID makes everything feel like five times longer, right? Um, and here's the thing about this. I am a better pastor because of him. You are a more loved and a safer church because of him. And... Hannah and, and, and Nikki and other people all, all around. We are stronger and better when we come and we bring our skills and our gifts and our talents to the team. Life is God's gift to us. What we do with it is our gift to God. Money. Everybody say money. People don't like talking about money in church. And they do things like, let's call it finances. Or my favorite one is kingdom resources. Just call it money. It's okay, okay? If you've known me for a little while, if you've been uh, uh, here six months or longer, you've probably gone, I haven't heard Dre talk about money. I think we talked about, we did a generosity series in uh, end of 2018, I think, called Generous Kingdom. And we talked, one of the sermons was just about money. And I've heard everything about finances and tithing and other bits and pieces. Um, And I've heard people say, oh, well, look, um, there's, I don't tithe. Because there's no New Testament requirement of me to tithe. That was under the Old Testament. And I would go, yeah, you're actually pretty close. Jesus doesn't mention tithing directly. He only refers to it in three cases. Two of them um, are in the gospel, so it's the same story twice and then another one. He doesn't say you need to tithe. He just refers to it in a conversation indirectly. And so what's interesting about that is people say, oh, well, look, you know, whether it's you biblically tithing or not, um, I go, okay, that's fine. But Jesus didn't explicitly say not to tithe. 
Um, he didn't mention it either. So if you're going to go that way, you could also go the other way. Um, but here's the thing. We are commanded to be generous. So a tithe is 10%. Hannah and I tithe. I'm comfortable enough to share that with you. Uh, we tithe because I think, well, Jesus didn't explicitly say not to, and we want to give God our first fruits. It's an Old Testament principle. We'll do that. That's totally fine. So we give a tenth. It literally means tenth. Uh, we, we do that. But in addition to that, because remember that, that's the normal. When Jesus talks us to be generous in this verse here, down the bottom there, Matthew 19, Jesus said, uh, if you would be perfect, sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Like going further than what we talked about, he says, be generous. He's commanding us to be generous. So if generous is above, remembering when this was written, everybody tithed to the temple. So it's above and beyond. So if you want to come and say, oh, look, I don't want to you know, give, because," and I go, that's fine for the tithing, that's okay. But you'd probably be better off tithing. Because <laughs> if that, that's 10%, and technically speaking, it's got to be above and beyond if it's generous. So, or in addition to. So whenever people do that. And I just want to say, that's fine if you feel like that, that's okay. But I will challenge you a little bit. Are you trying to find a loophole out of being generous? Just be generous. It doesn't have to be 10%. I'm just, I am talking finances right now. Just be generous. And look, if you want to be even clearer about it, this place isn't free, right? Like if you're part of the family, do the dishes, serve from time to time. Maybe put some money towards the food. If you, if you want to look at it from that point of view. Uh, money in the Bible. So uh, I did this last time. Um, money is mentioned in the Old Testament and the New Three times more than what, do you think? Prayer and faith combined. Now, why? Because Jesus understood that money is a big part of our lives. And I'm more than happy to submit money. If, that's a really, if Jesus says that's a huge part of your life and submit it to me, I'm more than happy to do that. And we should be too. So Jesus talked about it. He said, the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money. But that focus and that drive to only achieve more money. How many people know that, you know, people who have that achieve, they, they never reach it, right? Just continually, continually trying to grow and grow. Money is important. Financial generosity is countercultural. It's a bright light shining from the kingdom of God. Being generous to people around you is a way to stand out. Um, and look, um, tithes, offerings, and does anyone want to take a stab in the dark what that meant? Day-to-day personal financial giving. <laughs> I had to write it down because I couldn't remember it myself. But I would ask you, and look, maybe you've got debt or maybe someone owes you money as well. I don't know why I wrote debt. I felt like a God thing. And I just thought, oh, well, we'll see what happens. Someone might be going, yep, I know what that, that's for me. But my question would be, are you being generous through those things? Now, here's the thing. I don't want to push you with money. I just want to create a space and try and give as clear biblical mandate as I think the Bible gives and let the Holy Spirit, let God talk to you. doesn't have to be tithing. doesn't have to be offerings. For example, by the way, tithing is your 10%. Offering is above that, if you will. And then there's your daily, I'm giving out to people and other organizations. And So for us, Hannah and I, we give to one, two, three, four, maybe four, five, five different things outside of tithes and offerings. Just 
you know, ministries that we know, um, missionaries, that sort of thing. Can I have the band up, please? Can I have some sweet keys, please? Um, Shelly? I was going to call you Steph for a second. Steph, if you could play some sweet keys, that'd be great too. Talent. <laughs> this is what I want you to do. We've gone a little over, over today, but I want to give time, and I think if you've got notes on your phone, if you've got a notepad, if you need a pen and paper, um, Nikki will help you find one. Is that okay, Nikki? Maybe somewhere. Pad and pen, if you need something to write down with. Um, I want to take three minutes, which is a long time in a service. And I want you to think about at least these three things. Time, talent, and kingdom resource, I mean money. <laughs> is God talking to you about? This is, I'm not going to push here. I'm just saying, is the Holy Spirit talking to you about one way that you could serve or be generous in one of those three things? You have three minutes. I want you to just look at those. And if you're comfortable, just ask and say, God, do you want me to, is this something you want me to do with time? Do you want me to serve and pack and crew? Have you called me to preach? Have you called me to evangelize to Timmy at work? Are you calling me to tithe for the first time? Hey, parents, talk to your kids about what tithing is, about financial generosity. It looks like loving. You have three minutes. If you're with your kids, feel free to ask them the question. How could you be generous in your time, talent, and money? Just close your eyes. Shelly's going to play us some sweet beats. God giving you a verse, write it down. Are you feeling something emotionally? Write it down. By writing it down, we just commit it to memory. Time. Gift that He has given you. Talent. Finances. Money. Speak to us, Lord. You require from us to be generous, to be obedient, to grow in these areas. So we give you time to speak to us about where you need us to grow. Help us to not get distracted, Lord, but to listen to your voice. I've got two things that I feel like God's saying. The first one is that you have, someone here has been asked to serve in what I would call like a parachurch organization. Not necessarily in church, but in a ministry outside of a church setting. God is saying, do it. Is that awesome two-year-old? The second one, and you've heard this before, you have said the statement, I can't afford to give. 
And God is saying, you can't afford not to. It's going to unlock a complete new season in your life, whoever that is. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you speak to us. Lord, release your spirit upon us. Give us the ability to walk in deed and in truth. In your mighty name, we give you thanks. Speak to us about obedience and loving one another in unity, in intimacy, and in generosity, and many, many more, Jesus. We thank you for this series. We pray it's been a blessing uh, to your people. In your mighty name, amen. Thank you, worship team. Why don't you stand?